The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And welcome, everybody, to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm still said Bennett. <laughs> yes, you are, <laughs> by God's grace. Well, today we are tackling a somewhat sensitive subject area, assisted suicide, the so-called death with dignity, euthanasia, and related topics. Now, I want to hasten to add here that we are not experts in the field. We're not ethicists. But we are children of God who aspire to complete our earthly sojourn and return home to the heart of God. In this regard, balancing our karma becomes extremely important to us, for without fulfilling the requirement of balancing at least 51% of our karma, we cannot ascend. And that's a large part of what is at stake when life is brought to a premature close. Balance karma. And why? Because karma, in a nutshell, is life in action. So what we experience is precisely what we have set in motion by our free will choices, both recent and ancient. Is it a true statement? Yeah, it's a true statement. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't have compassion or God doesn't have compassion. You know, people suffer, and they mm-hmm. do go through extraordinary things, especially towards the end of life. And so we understand that, and we do have compassion. Unfortunately, we have a lot in the medical community today that help can mitigate some of that. But the core issue here is perspective and understanding, like so much of we talked about, about life and philosophy and so forth. And if you're of the perspective that life is an end to itself, and after that's just oblivion, so to speak, um, and it doesn't really matter what you do, and especially to yourself, because, hey, it's me, right? I can do what I want to myself. Then you can see how you can rationalize and justify such things as assisted suicide or even euthanasia. And yet, if we understand the teachings of the Ascended Masters of karma and reincarnation, it is one of the worst things we can do. Mm. Because what it, it, there's two parts here. Number one, as you suggested, Tom, it prevents people from balancing the karma that caused this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some karma has to be balanced through physical pain. And, of course, we have the violet flame, which can mitigate a tremendous amount. But obviously, a lot of people to go through very difficult things at an end of life. It's for a better resurrection, as it says in the Bible. Uh, it's not all the same. So it does matter. And so if you have the perspective that life is sacred, that every moment we have on this planet is a gift from God, then you wouldn't prematurely end it. No, and I think you've alluded to this, of course, and we all often do. The baselines that we deal with here, among other things, are karma and reincarnation. Now, if you out there uh, don't believe in reincarnation, and as Sid said, that if this life is a one-off you know, question, then the equation changes. Because in your mind, there's no place else to go after this. This is a, one, a one-shot deal. But we 
recognize and we believe firmly that this is not the case at all. In fact, we've been around here maybe 10,000 times. And so over the course of that time, the karma that we have accumulated can be a pretty big pile. And uh, I don't mean to be facetious in saying it that way, but the fact is our karmic debt can be vast. And so every opportunity is priceless. Yeah, and I think I should add to this, Tom, that a lot of times souls will agree at inner levels to take on additional karma. Because they, they know where the soul knows where they want to go. They want to balance this karma. They'll say, okay, I'm willing to take on an extra increment, especially into my life. I'll tell you a quick story. My mother just uh, literally within days prior to her passing on, uh, I went in to see her one day. And she you know, wasn't really cognizant of too many things. But I walked in her room and she was on the floor and there was blood all over the place. And the tenants were helping her. And she had fallen out of bed and cut open her head quite badly. And so she had to go over and get it sewed up, even though she was, as I said, just a few <coughs> days literally from passing on. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, why did this happen? You know, and I thought about it for a long time. And what came to me was it was an opportunity to balance more mm-hmm. karma. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I can't say for sure her soul agreed to that, but I believe it. And so we want to take advantage of opportunity, not cut them short. And, you know, uh, sometimes uh, a lot of karma can be balanced with a little bit in, in one life. I mean, you burn down a village, maybe you'll get your hand burned in this, in this life. And so these kinds of things can be done. And, of course, we have the, the violet flame to help consume, you know, uh, as much of our karma as we possibly can. Well, you bring up an important point because our karma is um, part of cosmic law. I mean, right. every jot and tittle gets balanced. But the mitigation of that karma or the severity of the karma can be factored by how much we do use the violet flame, for example. Right. I think that's probably the primary reason why the violet flame is such a great gift to us is that it does allow us to transmute karma. You know, and a corollary to, to this, too, is the, the fact that people are being denied medical care at end of life. Well, they're going to die anyway, and it's very expensive to keep this person alive, so why should we? And I, I should say that the ascended masters, if, you know, if a person's brain dead, there's no hope, they don't necessarily promote, you know, extraordinary things just to keep the heart beating, so to speak, right. as brain dead. So they, that's, uh, we're not advocating that. But there is a tendency in our society and other societies to say, look, this person, you know, they're not contributing anything anymore. You know, let's, you know, let's deny them this care. And yet there could be a quality of life the person could still have, and they could still be God's will if they stay in embodiment to balance that karma. You know, um, a question just occurred to me as you were speaking. They, uh, there are some people who will deny the use of medical intervention of any kind. Mm-hmm. I think Christian science, and again, I'm generalizing perhaps too much here, but I think the, the general understanding is that they will eschew the use of medical intervention in the case of any kind of life-ending mm-hmm. question. Is that correct? Uh, that's my understanding, and I, I, I'm not a Christian scientist, so I can't speak for that. But isn't, but that, isn't that karma? It, doesn't some karma accrue to the person who doesn't take advantage well, of for instance, the ascended masters are supportive. You know, if a person is in pain, you give them something to relieve the pain. Right. Uh, it's not like we don't, uh, they're not against any kind of medical care. You know, it's very legitimate to get comfortable, but to allow it to take its course mm-hmm. and allow it to do that. And that's mercy. We have mercy today in terms of mitigation of pain and physical comfort and so forth. So it's a balance, yep. you know. You help the soul as best you can, and it's a grace to have this medical intervention, and you use it. But don't cut it short. Or don't say, because I can see down the road, is this dear woman that recently allowed herself to, be, uh, to, to have assisted suicide in Washington, she said, I want to go through that. I mean, she was still fine. Yeah. And well, so, you know, yeah, and she looked so young and healthy. Yeah. And, and put, So she was video. denying God and denying her soul the chance to balance that karma. And even more so, she set an example for others to follow. And so if people, others people take that course because of her, that's additional karma she's taken upon herself. Mm. 
Man, and how man. about these people that are in a coma and after, you know, after being in a coma for 12 years, they wake up and they're perfectly fine. And maybe in the process of those 12 years, people are thinking, well, we ought to just pull the plug, maybe, you know. You never know. I know. <laughs> you do. You never know. Well, I think that the question we're really asking here is, is a karmic question. That is, to what degree is our life reflective of our karma? And we, of course, we all agree and understand that our life is, in fact, karma in action. So looking at it from that standpoint, then you look at In fact, we're very Western here, too. So we've got to admit that the Ascended Masters are both Eastern and Western. So Buddha said, life is suffering. Well, you understand that the, the, the perspective of life is suffering is basically the separation from God. I mean, we suffer until we recognize who we truly are, and then we solve that riddle and we become one with the heart of God. But in the meantime, we've got some karma to deal well, with. It's, it's wrong desire. You know, <laughs> we've lost the, the pole star of our existence, which is returning to God and fulfilling his will and purposes. And so our karma creates suffering. And, uh, you know, we tend to teach in the West, you know, all, all pain is God. Oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. All pain is good. But, you know, or let me start. We start over. <laughs> all pain is bad. All pleasure is good. Right. And that's not what the Ascended Masters teach because we learn through pain. Not only do we balance karma, but we learn. We learn how others feel in that mm-hmm. circumstance. We developed a compassionate heart. We developed humility. We developed a desire to, to ease the suffering of others because we understand that suffering. And I think the, the, the cliche is the pain is the price of wisdom, perhaps not all the time. Well, you know, a lot of the time. <laughs> the Ascended Masters say that pain is the portal to bliss, and that was, that's a pretty different concept that we get taught. You know, I mean, let's be happy. That's the goal of life. Well, of course, let's be happy, but let's be hop- happy fulfilling God's purposes and God's will. And that is true happiness, it's not a superficial satisfaction of our earthly senses. Yeah, you and know? you know, I, a soul that I think of when I think of pain and bliss is uh, Padre Pio. Here's a man who was in intense pain, but yet you see a picture of Padre Pio and you see the, uh, the, the, bliss. Abs- the, the bliss that's the there, the joy of knowing that he is sharing the burden with Jesus. You know, I mean, that's, I think that was his or, focus. Or if you see him doing Mass, he's, he's in another plane of consciousness. I yeah. know. Yeah, in fact, I think his masses tended to go on quite a long time because <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was enjoying the bliss, I suspect. Yeah. Um, this pain bliss question is going to be addressed to some extent in our next segment. Uh, we're going to be playing for you something rather rare. And this is a, an excerpt from a dictation by Kuan Yin, the goddess of mercy. And in that dictation, among other things, she does address this issue of pain and the flip side of pain being bliss. So I want you to please stay attuned for that because um, it's, it's an amazing piece coming up. That'll be in a few minutes. I don't want to cut our segment short here, right. but I just wanted to mention that because the subject did come up. That pain bliss is going to be uh, addressed here you know, by I, an ascended I, master. I, I think this, uh, as you know, she embodies the God quality of mercy. Mm-hmm. And what is mercy? Well, mercy is taking a stand for the soul. You know, have mercy to your mm-hmm. soul mm-hmm. by taking a stand for it. It's not, you know, the so-called, quote-unquote, mercy killing, you know. Well, they're going to die anyway, so let's just end it early for them, you know. That's not being merciful to the soul. That's denying mercy to the soul. Because they don't get a chance to fulfill what God has given them or what they have themselves have taken upon. And, you know, uh, here's, another, here's another aspect of staying in embodiment. You could be holding a certain balance just by being here. Um, oh, yeah. What, what, how can you expand on that a little bit? Well, holding light, and this is what the Catholic uh, 
uh, saints teach. It's, it's, you know, being a victim soul, they call it. But what it is is bearing world karma and the mm-hmm. karma of others. In other words, Padre Pio used, he used to pray to take upon himself the sins of others. And what he was saying was the karma of others, even though he didn't use those words, uh-huh. so that they might have new opportunity. So there are souls that do that. And suffering can not only help you balance karma, but it can help others. And, and you know, we're not, we don't advocate, you know, seeking this necessarily. <laughs> oh, no. But, you know, it's, it's trust in God and trust that whatever comes to us is God's will and God's purposes. And when you develop a love and a passion for the souls of God and for God on this planet, that's why the saints are willing to take this pain upon themselves. God doesn't make them take it. They want to take it because they love people so much, they, they want them to have opportunity. So that doesn't mean we have to do that, but it's an example of why sometimes suffering is good. And I know we're coming up to a break, but I want to say one other thing, and that's about children that are born with deformities or, you know, they're doing DNA tests to see, well, if this child has problems, we don't want it. And yet the child will come forth not only to balance their own karma, but also because you as parents have a karma to raise a child with this issue, mm-hmm, with this circumstance. Right. So you can see how intertwined it is. And, of course, I think I mentioned uh, before, but the case of a, a child that was born in the southern part of the United States that had a lot of deformities and a lot of problems, and they decided to let the child die. And I remember Mrs. Prophet gave the teaching that this child was a Buddha who had come forth with a form like this to bear world karma. Right, right. So, so uh, you know, it was close, aborted. It was, that whole mission was aborted. And then we have Down syndrome children, and so these these souls have chosen to have that condition, you know, before coming into embodiment, before being conceived. And some of them have. They're so without pretense. They're so they are pure. like Buddhists. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we mentioned a moment ago, um, coming up on this break now, that we're going to be playing a segment from a dictation by Kuan Yin in our next segment. Um, and I want to make sure this is clear because this is kind of a tricky deal. Uh, dictations should be experienced in their entirety, not taken apart piece by piece. So this is not a practice that we generally do, but I think this particular excerpt you'll find is very, very compelling from a heart-centered level. And we want to play it for you in this, um, in this ex- excerpt, which is about 12 minutes long. But anybody out there who wants to experience the entire dictation, please just drop us an email at webradio at tsl.org. And I will send you, we will send you a copy of the Pearl of Wisdom from which this excerpt has been taken. So just drop us a line. Let us know you'd like to get a copy. There's no obligation. Nothing involved. It's free to whoever wants it. We'll send you that Kuan Yin dictation in its entirety. Having said that, let's take a break, gentlemen. We'll be back in a couple minutes. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, 
go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And welcome back, everyone. Thanks for staying with us. Um, today... The title of our show is, Whose Life Is It Anyway? We are talking about death with dignity, assisted suicide, euthanasia, abortion, topics related to those areas. And without further ado, we'd like to play for you now an excerpt from a dictation by Kuan Yin, the goddess of mercy, on this very topic. Here it is. Should there be euthanasia, should there be mercy killing, what to do about those who become obsessed with their Alzheimer's disease and what the relatives are to do. These questions plague society today. But society answers them all too often in the lowest common denominator of the human condition, failing to raise the level of the people to that point of the living Christ who set the example, and therefore to judge righteous judgment, righteous mercy, mercy that is the law, the true law of ministration and service, and the law itself of the alchemy of the seventh ray, of religion, of the priesthood, and of science. Yes, beloved, the right use of the law must be pondered, for incorrect decisions are being made, And the people rally to these decisions, not because they are merciful unto all, but because they allow themselves to gratify their senses, their need for pleasure and indulgence. And therefore, the concept of right and wrong is that pain is wrong and pleasure is right. And this, beloved, is not the standard of our God. Therefore, for the whole world to see, the great avatars have allowed themselves to experience the pain of the crucifixion, subject even at the hands of their own disciples. 
Thus they have shown, beloved, that pain is not an evil, but a process in the alchemy of mercy, and where mercy has not been extended, whether to one's own body or one's own soul, there does come the occasion for pain to manifest, but pain is a threshold, and it must be endured, it must be pierced, and you must pass through it. For the transmutation of pain in the enduring of pain is truly the passport to bliss. For those energies invested in conditions that are pain-causing are the very energies that must be withdrawn, that the bliss of God might descend when the karma is balanced. Because modern religion in the West does not teach the principles of karma and reincarnation, there is not then that attitude toward the dividing of the way of social questions. To eliminate pain and suffering is a great manifestation of mercy when it does take into account that people do have karma and that there is a reason for suffering. There is even a reason in the cause-effect of the chemistry of the body and of dietary practices and of all that is fed into the human brain and mind that is of dissonance, that is of the misuses of the sacred fire, that is debasing and degrading to every part of life. All of these things cause the conditions that come upon the nations. And when will the nations be bankrupt for having to have health care systems for all the plagues coming upon the earth and that are in the earth at this time, and for all the burdens in the bodies of the people that are there because they have violated the very laws of mercy that have to do with proper health and proper food. Thus, beloved, there is a ritual and there is a cycle to life, and these rituals and cycles of fasting and prayer and of putting on the deathless solar body and of transcending the levels of the body itself, even in the flesh with the full power of the transcending crystal fire mist. These cycles of God entering in to the very marts of the people and then withdrawing that the people themselves might manifest that God. This sine wave of God's appearing and disappearing in your life is very necessary so that when he does appear, you might enter into that God and retain that God manifestation. And when he withdraws, you might give back to him multiplied that God identification that he has unveiled for you. Let us consider then these questions, even the question of abortion and the mass demonstrations for woman's right to abort her child, woman's right to own her own body. These principles have been set before you, as St. Germain has said, so God owns the body of everyone, for this temple is the temple of God, on loan to the soul, that the soul might prove herself and use that temple on loan, whereby she might establish the bonding by mercy's flame and by the grace of God to her Lord, the living Christ. 
This bonding, beloved, can never take place for you unless you embrace mercy's flame. For how else can you return to God considering the long ages of karma of separation except mercy, forgive a portion of that, except mercy as the violet flame transmute those records. You make the call, but it is God who does the work and the mighty work of the ages is that transmutation. And so, beloved, understanding that there is no personal ownership of the body, only personal stewardship, understanding that life in the womb is life at the moment of conception, understanding that that life must be protected and in the divine sense of the word has the right to come forth, there is no legal excuse for abortion except in the danger to the very life of the mother. So, beloved, let it be known and let the word go forth and do not fear to confront this issue and do not fear to invoke my mercy's flame for my mercy's flame is on the side of the integrity of woman who does compromise her reason for being in the violation of her womb by the abortions process. Therefore, let the abortionist's knife not touch mother or child for it is in the divine destiny, the integrity, the honor, and the beauty, and the flame of the divine goddess mother that I come to defend woman and her right to bear her children and her right to have the support not only of father of child and family, but of society itself in the bringing forth of these children. Have you heard of the statement of the President of the United States this week? I must repeat it for you, beloved, again, for I cannot allow you to forget that he has proposed a limit on welfare to mothers who continue to have children, another denial of the child in the womb, another move to force women to have abortions. Blessed ones, through whom shall the children come? They are denied at every door for so many reasons. Where are your brothers and sisters? Where are your soulmates and twin flames? Some of them are standing here this day, held in the arms of the mighty angels of Uriel's bands, for they have been denied entrance. And you perhaps wonder why sometimes you feel depressed and there is a pall over your soul, and you cannot discover the reason why. Well, I will tell you, it is because of the abortion of mercy upon this planet. And therefore the souls of all people upon earth this day have the pall upon them of the millions who have been aborted, for they have violated the sacred trust of life. They have violated the integrity of this life wave and this decade and of those who should be here solving the problems of life and contributing their tremendous talent, their hearts, their purity, their love, and even their negative or positive karma that makes up the balance of chemistry in each generation of evolutions who take embodiment. Blessed hearts, this is a case of the miscarriage of justice and the miscarriage of mercy. It is a case where you see that the pleasure of the woman and her freedom to do what she will in life 
is superseding the mercy of God in the preserving of life and the continuity of life itself. And then the karma of abortion does descend, and it does carry over from lifetime to lifetime. And therefore, infertility has become the national question and issue. And people do not put two and two together. They do not read the words of scripture which say in every one of the world's religions, He that taketh the sword shall die by the sword. What then? What then when people do not have leaders who can interpret for them their scriptures, leaders who can extol life as the manifestation of God from a blade of grass to the tiniest manifestation of the microbe, of the algae, of the amoeba, to the greatest manifestation of all, of man and woman and child, made in the image and likeness of God. Look at the social issues, beloved. Look at how mercy is denied to the children as they are not properly educated and as their innocence is taken from them at an earlier and earlier age, as they must have discussions in the classrooms concerning AIDS, concerning sexual activities, and the how-to of the entire gamut of sexual manifestation. Beloved ones, this has been introduced by the fallen ones and by the absence of true heart ties by parents to children who ought to know how to educate their own families and their own children concerning these issues. And therefore, there has been fostered upon this generation a division between parents and children And that division has been now occupied by teachers who come in the name of the protection of children, and yet it has been the violation of their innocence. I liken the early teaching of sex material to children as nothing less than child abuse. It is the abuse of the innocence of the child, beloved ones, and it comes upon them because of what they are exposed to through the motion picture industry, through television, and through the words of rock music, rap music, and all that is profaning their minds and hearts. How can the soul of a Christed one grow to the true manifestation of the stature of the Lord Jesus Christ? And that is indeed the question, is it not? Oh, boy. Yes, well, anyway, thank you for listening. I want to remind you again, if you'd like to get the entire Pearl of Wisdom from which this has been excerpted, just drop us a line at webradio at tsl.org, and we'll be happy to send you the complete Pearl. Now it's time for a break. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. 
By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for staying with us. Over the break, we were reflecting on the apparent heaviness of that last uh, segment. We recognize very clearly that that's a lot of information to absorb at one time. And so, if that is the case, we definitely apologize. I also want to let you know that there is a lightness uh, behind and above that heaviness that we'd like to maybe expand a bit on right now. Well, I think we have to put these things in context because I know what happens sometimes with people is when things they believed in good faith and honesty because they've been taught them, they suddenly learn they're diametrically opposed to what is the will of God and what is the truth. And that can be a little bit of a shock and say, you know, what have I done? I believed all these things. I've accepted this. excuse me, as the truth, where do I go from here, you know? Or even the case where some people have consented or agreed to an abortion, you know, for whatever the circumstance, the pressures or the age or whatever. And I just want to reiterate here that the masters do teach that you can balance the karma of having an abortion. You could still make your ascension in this life. Obviously, you have to work to help children in some way, whether that's physically to have children yourself to make up for that, or if that's not possible, to, to help children, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, there's myriad ways to help children in our society, it's praying for them as a volunteer, service to life, exactly. So don't condemn yourself, especially if you did something out of ignorance, and because some of these people can be very convincing when they, they tell these lies, oh, it's a mercy, you know, or they call a child a product of conception, you know, it, they have their techniques, so don't be too hard on yourself, but take accountability and say, yes, I'm going to balance this karma by God's grace. And, and these other things that we hear you know, we don't, we can 
have to process these and understand them about the preciousness of life, that our bodies belong to God, not to us. It takes some process when we've been taught these things or the opposite of these things mm-hmm. for so long. So don't be too hard on yourself, but realize as you change your life, as you restructure it to embody life and not death, which many of these teachings are, then you will affect others even if you don't talk to them, just by the way you are. So I just wanted to mention this because I don't want people to become so overwhelmed. They say, oh, I'm a terrible person. I've done this or done that. And how can I ever go back to God? Or, you know, no matter what we've done, there is a way back to God. There's a way to balance our karma. And that's why we bring forth these teachings because people don't want to get on. We don't want people to get on the other side. I don't certainly, and suddenly realize that everything we believed was false and we made all this additional karma. So we're hoping you consider this as mercy to your soul and understanding that we're bringing these teachings as, you know, as very strong as they are. And, well, they are indeed strong. And you mentioned this, or I I mentioned it, you agreed, I think that service to life is part of the key to this expiation of whatever the karma is, and that that can take many forms. Uh, Our communities are full of uh, opportunities for everything from helping the homeless to go you can hold babies in the uh, delivery room at a hospital. You, know, it's, there's, you can think of a dozen things right off the bat. The point is that you can now decide to be in service to life, and it doesn't necessarily matter what that looks like as long as you make that determination. It's the giving commitment. of the heart. Yeah, well, and, opening you know, the heart. We ask God for forgiveness if we made mistakes. And what I always say when I'm praying with my daughter at night is, you know, forgive us for our sins of omission and commission today and give us the opportunity to balance them on the morrow. So God will give you opportunity if we're willing to take that upon ourselves. And you know what? You're going to feel better about yourself. You're making progress. You're growing. You're right with God. And, and that's, that's a joyful feeling, even if it may be difficult or challenging, or as we suggested, even if you're in pain from physical problems, mm-hmm. you know, there is a joy of God that can be there even before we balance all our karma. And, and, and we need to think of it as this is the beginning of the rest of our life. This is a this is a new beginning today. Uh, you know, I'm going to make a decision to, to look at this differently and to, you know, to do these various things that we can do to balance our karma. Well, and, and one of the keys we know is forgiveness. And that yeah. includes forgiving ourselves. Which is sometimes the hardest thing to do. Sometimes, you know, people need to forgive God and forgive themselves as good starters right there. Right. And, um, you know, say, yes, I made mistakes. They may have been out of ignorance, but nonetheless, I take accountability and responsibility of those mistakes God, give me the opportunity to balance that karma, mm-hmm. to develop love with my heart. Use the violet flame. You can do a tremendous amount with that. So there's ways, there's ways to right the wrongs in our lives, and that's really the exciting message we want to make sure people know today. I agree, and I think there, there is a, a place in this equation, in this conversation, for this concept of hardness of heart. We recognize that people who sometimes make these decisions are acting out of a certain hardness of heart. And the masters teach us that even those people who are very saintly can still have a little bit of hardness of heart left to overcome, to deal with. And it's a good question. I mean, it's a good thing to do to make that call, make that prayer that we relieve ourselves and we, we solve or heal you know, our hardness feeling of the heart. pain of others is... That's what we should do, it, compassion. It, it's overwhelming to look at the news and see these very intense things that are happening. And part of us have to can't take it all in because we have to you know, go do our daily chores. But, you know, it doesn't mean you can't say a prayer for the soul that has gone through some horrific transition, you know, the angels will comfort that soul and help them, you know, and that's a way of extending compassion or to the families that have lost someone through a very tragic or horrific situation. So it's, it's compassion for life, mercy for life, mercy for yourself. And, you know, it's, it's very exciting to be an instrument of mercy. And we don't always know what mercy is. Hmm. 
Remember to have mercy to your soul and to the souls of others. And when we do this, we'll become magnets. I think people recognize when they see somebody doing good things, being kind, being compassionate, being serviceful in whatever way, that becomes a magnet for other people to kind of wake up to them, their own awareness of, oh, that's a nice thing to do. I'll, I'll do that too. Well, I think it's good that, karma. And it's even beyond the physical seeing someone do that. What we do in our lives that someone may never see in the physical, their souls take a reading on it, and especially the light bearers on this planet. And they read what other light bearers are doing. And if light bearers are doing things that are not appropriate, the misuse of God's energies, misuse of the sacred fire, uh, not honoring life, they say, well, you know, hmm. maybe it's okay because they're doing it. Right. So what we do not only affects us, but affects other people, even if they don't see us physically, which is a pretty amazing thing. Yes, indeed. It, it is. And, you know, another thing I was thinking of, the mystery of the violet flame, is that if, if you do, if you, if you sense that you have a little bit of hardness of heart, I mean, people kind of know what's going on in their world. You could do five minutes of, of a particular violet flame, a uh, little short decree or something like that, and th- let's say do it for 10 days, and you will mystically notice that there <laughs> is a change. Your, your hardness of heart will, will soften. There'll be a greater flow. We've had a, yeah. In our household, we've had a problem with our kitchen faucet, okay? <laughs> Where's he going with this one? Oh, yeah, well, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just, the water pressure is so poor. There's no not water pressure anyplace else in the house. So long story short, I tried cleaning and so it improved a little bit, you know. Yeah. But when you, you take out the, the, the things that are blocking that in there, whether it's debris or, or those little things they put in to reduce the flow, Boom, all of a sudden it's flowing full. And so when you transmute this energy, this hardness of heart or whatever it is in your world by the violet flame, suddenly more light can pass through you. And the more light that passes through you, the greater joy you have in your life, the greater chance you have to qualify that with positive good things, balance more karma, you build a momentum of light. And the more light that is flowing through you and you're able to hold in harmony it's going to change your life. It, yeah, will, it, it will revolutionize your world in a very positive way. And you'll think of uh, new things that you can do, uh, you know, to, oh, yeah. to become more productive on the positive side of life. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the assumptions we make, one of the baseline assumptions here is that you who are listening right now are light bearers and that there are no accidents, that you're not here by some certain serendipity, that there's a reason why you're listening. And this may be it. It may be that you recognize that you have the power to affect other people, both visibly and invisibly, by how you are, who you are, and where you are. And I, there's a thing we used to talk about where when somebody really gets this and gets inspired by it and they become this magnet, somebody else is going to say, you know, I want some of what she has. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but boy, I want some more of that. You know, that happened to me when I first came <laughs> into contact with this community many, many years ago. Um, <laughs> I looked around at the people and I said, to myself, I want to be like them because I saw they were different. There was light in their auras. Yeah. There was a joy, a flame. And I said, "This, I want to be like them. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was the same thing happened to me when I walked into the Four Winds Organic Center way beyond your time. <laughs> and, and, and I saw, and I saw these. They, beautiful- they have a stamp commemorating this, I think, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> and I saw these beautiful people. You know, they didn't have a lot of makeup on, and I and they were sweet, and they had a nice vibration, and there was great music playing. And I said to myself, I want some of this. Yeah. I don't know what this is, but I want more of this. So I came back the next day, and I ate two meals there. And the next day, <laughs> I ate three meals, and I started eating three meals a day there. Well, You know, it grows. And here you are. And here I am. And, you know, I think the other assumption we have here is because you're listening that you're seeking. 
Yes. You're looking for answers, just like we all looked for answers, and by God's grace found what, what was the greatest help to us. So be open. Mm-hmm. If God has brought this to you, and if it's different perhaps from what you've been taught and may even believe very deeply, be open about it and, and say, God, okay, I don't know about this. Maybe you're saying that, but I, I'm, if this is true, help me to understand it. Help me to grow in it. Let me, let me take the next step. You know, read one of our books. Listen to one of our tapes. Go to the website. Experience it for yourself and see if your soul doesn't feel differently. You know, the souls rejoice when we find the truth. Yes. And, you know, we sometimes hide over the feelings of our souls because we don't want to, you know, it's sometimes painful. But I can tell you, your soul will rejoice when you begin your path in a very earnest and sincere and devoted way. And, and we have no hidden agenda here either. I mean, you have a free will choice to do whatever you want. And we recognize and respect that. And, and, you know, you can take your beliefs, the belief system you have now, and put them on a shelf like a book. And so that they are within reach still, if you mm-hmm. want to pull them back down off the shelf. But try these teachings. Try these concepts. Read a new book. Read a new book. <laughs> Read a new book. Now, there's a bumper sticker. <laughs> a good book. Well, yeah, that goes without saying. <laughs> well, you know, I think one of the things we always hasten to add is that this is a joyful path. And that sometimes the joy is not apparent because we're working through stuff. And that's kind of our part and parcel in this life is to work through our karma. And uh, the ultimately... Working through the karma is a joyful experience because we get through it. We 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 transmute it. We reach the other end of that. Um, and it's that not road. infinite. That's the other good news. Yeah, there is an <laughs> yeah. end. God is infinite, but our karma isn't infinite. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's take a quick break. We'll be back for our fourth segment. Before you know it, please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, Go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we're back once again for our final segment. I'm Tom, he's Terry, and he's Sid. And we're still here, still sitting. I say I almost said sitting. standing, but, you know, we're, we're taking it easy. Um, the show today is Whose Life Is It Anyway? And uh, we recognize there's a certain undercurrent of heaviness in this topic, but we also want to hasten to add again that there's a joyful aspect as well, that life is opportunity. And that when we have this precious gift of life given to us by God, it is an opportunity 
to get some business done that may have been waiting to get done for a long, long time. And it's understanding the truth. You know, one of the trends someone was telling me about recently is uh, because of her kids are grown up and so forth. Instead of having children, people are getting dogs, you know, couples. And, of course, you know, there's overpopulation, quote, unquote, and there's limited resources, the whole lie of that. And the economics where two people have to work really to survive these days for the most part. And, you know, it's done out of ignorance. And yet the missing the opportunity to have children, to nurture children, you know, it's not only the opening of the heart, but it's not only if you want more opportunity, you know, if it's God's will, you have children do it or nurturing life. And I, you know, I've mentioned before, my, my wife is a child psychologist and she's told me time and time again about parents that expose their children to these horror movies mm. early on. The detrimental effect it has to their souls and their psychology. It's as little as protecting the child if you have children. So opportunity is very precious, as you mentioned, Tom. It must be nurtured. Um, it's no easy thing coming to embodiment and growing up and having the right values and so forth. But if we don't teach them, who will? And these souls are desperate for opportunity. And I think, as, as Kuan Yin mentioned in the dictation, they're standing in the, in, in the, in the uh, waiting room, so to speak, to get into embodiment. Mm-hmm. And they will take anything they can get because they know they cannot make progress as a soul until they're in physical embodiment. Or they may have karma with souls that they have to physically meet. Now, you mentioned kind of willy-nilly. There is an aspect to this, too, where it's all planned. That we're, we come into this lifetime with the express... Uh, desire to work out our karma with our parents, with people who we may encounter in our lives. And what Kuan Yin said, where are your brothers and sisters? Where are these people that you are waiting for? Why is this feeling of depression and this pall kind of descend upon you? It's because somebody's missing from your equation, from your karmic mandala. Right. There's, there's a very important person who didn't show up. There, there's such an exactness yeah. to God's plan and karma that it is literally aborting an opportunity, not only for the soul coming in, but for every person that was supposed to interact with them yeah. or, or have karma with them or balance the karma or twin flames. If you feel a loss in your life that your twin flame is not here and it should be, she, he or she should be. I mean, that's a tremendous thing. But there is hope. God can, can do anything, as we so, so to speak. So begin with your healing mm-hmm. and helping of others. And we'll trust that this is going to get rectified in our society. Yeah, and we're talking a lot in the moment about the beginning of life, but we also want to add we're talking about the end of life. Yeah. That, you know, this thing about di- death with dignity and assisted suicide, that who knows what opportunity your life may present to somebody else in your closing moments. Yeah. And if you cut those short, you have, as you just said, Sid, you cut short the opportunity for other people to fulfill their karmic, their, their blueprint. I, it, there, there's a cost to this that is gone un, unnoticed. You know, I read in recently in Belgium, they've now introduced child euthanasia. Oh, oh my if gosh. This, if the soul isn't considered, the individual isn't considered going to be productive in society, well, let's just have mercy and end it right now. I mean, there's a karma for all these things. I can tell you there's a karma of abortion in America. There's a karma in Europe of the denial of life and the denial of God in many ways. And so it is intense. And so that's why, you know, what can I do, Lord? I'm one person. Well, one person with God, one person that understands the truth, one person that can embody the truth, can hold light like the saints did. Yes, we can hold light, the light like the saints did and hold a greater balance for people on the earth, for children being born, not only helping at the physical level or the spiritual level, but praying and calling. One person can make a tremendous amount of difference on this planet. We don't have to just hang our head and say, well, what's the use? I'm one person. You can do tremendous things, not only in your own world, but you can make a difference on this planet. I think we mentioned it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, 
one person doing the violet flame is more powerful than two million people praying. I mean, think of that. <laughs> think of the impact you can have on this planet. We can't do everything ourselves. God is the doer, but the key is to make ourselves available to God, to make ourselves instruments of God, of his truth and his light, knowing the way we live, the way we treat our body, but by invoking light through the science of the spoken word, through the violet flame, you can be part of the revolution in higher consciousness on this planet that's going to change everything. And you're reminding me of what Kuan Yin said in that dictation. You make the call, God does the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a couple of other things that she, uh, that she said that I want to just kind of touch on and then we can expand on. And one had to do with where, where she says uh, that this early sexual education for, for oh, children yeah. is nothing less than child abuse. And uh, maybe we can expand on that. And They're also, not ready for it. What's that? They're not ready they're for not it. They're not ready for it. It's, they're, they're, you know, we the, have the a... The crime of stripping a child of their innocence is a grievous crime. Oh, my gosh. And so this, this has to do with allowing them to watch the horror movies, allowing them to listen to the wrong kind of music. Having I mean, sex education in first grade. Oh, it's just terrible. <laughs> and another thing was uh, where Kuan Yin said that there is no personal ownership of the body, only yeah. stewardship. It's on loan from God. It's on loan from God. It, these are these are such such key points. And well, you could you can see that some people have chosen to thumb their nose at God. Yeah. Some people, through ignorance, have not doing the right things. But others, they know very well what's going on. These are the fallen angels. They said, yes. "God, we're, we're not going to play your game. We're going to play our game." And God has given them free will, and He's given them, in my book, a lot longer to work things out than I might have. <laughs> yeah. But but you can see it. We see it before us in the in in the way people live. We must choose life, not death, and life in every way we live, not only in making the right choices uh, regarding abortion, things like that, or euthanasia, but in choosing life in the food we eat, the way we live, the light that we want to carry in our auras, the ability to understand that sometimes pain is a necessary process for the evolution of the soul. I mean, we set the example. I'm reminded of someone years ago that I know wasn't a close friend but was passing away in great suffering. And she said, my prayer is that this suffering will help others. And I guarantee you it did help others. And so not that we seek things out, but we allow, remember, it's stewardship of our body. Allow God to to, to bring to us what is God's will. We don't fear God's will. God's not going to force anything on us. But you know what happens? You look at Mother Teresa, Padre Pio. They beg God. Mm -hmm. God. Give me this person's sins. Give me their karma so that they might be helped. So we're not necessarily all at that point, but I want to make it so clear here that one person can make such a tremendous difference on this planet. And I can tell you when you start to live like this, you'll get the attention of angels and ascended masters that will encourage you to work with you, lead you, teach you if you're willing to, to learn and to make tremendous progress in a short period of time. And if you find yourself having done something that you would rather not have done, Forgive yourself and move on. Welcome to the club. <laughs> well, yeah. But don't continue to carry the weight with you. Of condemnation. Exactly. You know what? God will remember your sins no more. I love that quote from, oh. from, from Paul. And so as we balance the karma, what's to remember? Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. It's done. Well, I think before we end today, I, again, we're repeating ourselves, I realize, but we've got to go back to this concept of opportunity. Every life, every moment is a precious opportunity to balance karma. And perhaps be involved in the balancing of karma on a larger scale, whether it's your family, a relationship, a city, a state, a world. doesn't really matter. Opportunity is priceless, and you can't assume that it's going to come again if you miss one. Tom, uh, if, if this whole karma reincarnation is a, 
a brand new concept to, uh, let's say, a new listener to our show. What's the best uh, source of material that they can get uh, to? Well, we've got a number of books on karma and reincarnation. Reincarnation, you know, the missing ingredient in Christianity, for example, is a, a, one of our popular books. But just go to tsl.org. Look at a bookstore and yeah. just, just put in the keyword karma or reincarnation. You'll find a number of uh, some large books, some little pocket guides. Little pocket guides. Would yeah, be they're, good, yeah, they're very easy to... I wouldn't say easy to digest. I almost said the you know <laughs> this is this is serious information. But as, the small books are written as like primers or primers to to give you the basic concepts to begin with and not bring you too close to the fire, so to speak. You well, know. yeah, for the most part. But for, I do think they they get deep enough to where you'll you'll get a lot out of them. Yeah, you know, they're 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 more than just primers. Right. They just happen to be small. But you know what? It's <laughs> it's exciting. To get knowledge. If you've been seeking it and striving, say, God, I don't understand. Why is this happening? To suddenly have the pieces to put together in the equation of life. Wow. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Well, I think that we're getting close again. Boy. (laughs) To the end of another show. What a great show this has been. This is wonderful. You know, I want to thank everybody for being with us and staying with us because we recognize that sometimes we we tackle some topics that are um, serious. Yeah, you know th- th- this is this is serious business, but it's our mission to bring these teachings to light. And as light bearers, all of you out there, it is your mission to accept them, if you will, to take your free will choice and uh, you know walk it's this path with us. You, it's what you do with it is between you and God. Indeed, yeah. Opportunity again, that key word. So, having said all that, uh, Terry, how can they get in touch with us? Well, they should just contact us at webradio at tsl dot org. Webradio at tsl dot org. And what will we do? We'll get back with them. (laughs) Yes, we will. (laughs) And in the meantime, everybody, as we often say, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thanks, everyone, for being with us today. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.